You are listening to episode 11 of Steamy Stories. I am Jen Wadke, your host and author. And hey, if you're digging this podcast, check out Drunk Sex, my other podcast about various sexual topics with various guests and conversations. Super sexy, super fun. Um, And it's number 110 on the health podcast list in Indonesia. So clearly... It's amazing, and you should listen to it. Let's jump right into Chapter 15 of Tokyo Talent. Chapter 15, Kenta's Secret. Gabrielle and Shun sat at the island, sipping coffee, the remains of Sunday brunch still scattered about the kitchen. Shun sketched and scribbled in a notebook, ideas for new songs, skits, and other random thoughts. Gabrielle pecked away at her laptop. Their legs touched under the island, comfortable and content. Gabrielle, Shun said. His tone indicated a serious conversation. She stopped typing and gave him her full attention. What's up? Last week, after the concert, you told Kenta you loved him. Yes, I did, Gabrielle responded cautiously, not really sure where Shun was going with this. I didn't know you loved him, Shun said quietly. Don't you love him? Gabrielle asked. Shun looked at her. I do, he said quietly but it's different. I know, of course it is. But look, Shun, I can't lie to you about this. I didn't think about it, it just came out. But it is true. Yes, it's true, it sort of snuck up on me. Gabrielle stood and went to Shun, arms around his neck, fingers twining into his hair. Shun was silent. Gabrielle's hand slid from the back of his neck to his waist, pulling him to the edge of his stool so his groin was pressed firmly to hers. Shun, I do love Kenta. I love him as he is, moment to moment. I love that he challenges me, pushes me, and drives me crazy. It's sometimes volatile and unsure, and we fight, and occasionally I hate him too. But I'm not going to lie. I hope I can have him in my life for a long, long time. Shun stiffened slightly at that. But you're my rock. You're always in my mind. Everything I do, I think about how it'll affect you. I worry about you when you are working too hard on the road. I wonder how I can make your day easier. I think of where we will be in 20 or 30 years from now. I don't want to live with anyone other than you. If I didn't have you to balance me, Kenta and I would flame out very quickly. At last, Shin reacted to Gabrielle physically. With slightly teary eyes, he ran his hands up Gabrielle's back. When Gabrielle leaned into his touch, the air between them immediately became charged. Okay, he whispered. If you need me to stop seeing him, I will, Gabrielle says. You would? Yes, if you need me to. But if I stop seeing him, I want us to agree that we revisit it in six months. They looked at each other. Gabrielle waited. No, he said slowly. I don't think I need you to do that. Are you sure? Yes, you reassured me. I was feeling a little insecure. Okay, so how can I help you not feel that way again? I think I was mostly surprised that you said it, and surprised that you said it in front of me. I know you love me, so you don't like surprises, huh? Sometimes I do, he replied, smiling. He pulled Gabrielle in closer to him. Before their lips touched, Gabrielle asked, Are we good? Yes, I was being an idiot. No, you weren't. You're supposed to tell me when something is up. She smiled. I seem to recall you saying that to me once or twice. He laughed. I have, haven't I? 
I have to admit, she said, that I'm scared too. I never said I was scared, he replied. But isn't that what you meant? Hearing that I loved Kenta was scary because it made you feel a little insecure? That something would change between us because I said it? He thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you scared of? That this will all end? It sounded a bit ridiculous when she said it out loud, but it was true. She had wondered many times how she'd gotten so lucky. It won't end, he said. But relationships end all the time. And there are at least three separate relationships at play here. I keep thinking that it's too good to be true, that one of you will realize that you want a woman who is all yours, only yours. And then I wonder, what would happen? If I were to lose you, my whole world here in Japan would be upside down. I worry about someone finding out about the three of us, especially Mori. (laughs) She shuddered. Mori is not going to find out. Kent and I would do anything to keep that from coming out to Mori. That scares me too, he said. Gabrielle shook her head. Mori, he would kill me. Look, Shun said, you're right. Things end and people change. All I can promise you is that I love you and I will do anything in the world to keep us happy and together. And I'm positive Kenta feels the same way. We're all in this together. We're all in it until it doesn't work. If, God forbid, that day ever comes, we'll deal with it. That's all we can do. She nodded. You're right. She kissed him. I love you. And I'm in mad crazy love with you, Gabrielle Adamson. Prove it. In one fluid motion, Shun stood up, pressing Gabrielle's back into the kitchen island. Today, you are all mine. Fuck me with everything you got, she urged him on. He did. The next sentence, this this formatting in this book didn't work out because the next sentence is a whole other scene. Gabrielle stepped into the apartment after a long day at work. The heavy plastic bag full of groceries was cutting into her hands, so she dumped it onto the kitchen island. Before she unloaded, she turned on some music, jazzy, mellow beats. She lit a couple candles, then meandered over to the wine cooler and decanted a bottle. She was on her own tonight with no plans. Kenta and Shun had eased off a little. They no longer planned her every free evening. Generally, it was working well. Gabrielle had been hanging out a little more often with Arissa, spending a little more time writing, and been cultivating a life outside of work with Shun and Kenta. Life was good. She wandered out to the kitchen to start dinner. As she chopped vegetables and sipped her wine, her restlessness grew. She wanted company. Should she call Kenta? She'd never reached out to him before. Maybe it was time to do that. She picked up her phone and dialed. Hello? Kenta picked up after two rings. Hey, it's Gabrielle. I knew who it was from the hay. What's going on? What are you doing? Not too much. You? Nothing much, but I'm home, chilling, and thought maybe you'd like to join me? She paused. If you're not busy, I've given you no notice. You're probably busy. No, I'm not busy. I'd love to join you. Great. Have you eaten? I'm just about to cook. Okay, I'll head over. Hurry up before I drink all the wine, Gabrielle said. On my way, he said. After hanging up, she focused on her cooking. Soon a couple pots were simmering away. She switched the music from jazz to catchy J-pop, which always put her in an upbeat mood. As she stirred and sipped, she danced, belting out the lyrics when the mood struck her. A virus song came on, one of Gabrielle's favorites for the bouncy beat and the concert memory. The buzzer rang and Gabrielle let Kenta up. 
Still singing and dancing, she handed him a glass of wine as soon as he walked in. She kissed him in greeting, hips still swaying. She put down her knife, threw both arms wide, and let loose with the chorus. Love you, baby. Let me have you. I want you like no other. Yeah. I clearly can't sing. Sorry, guys. Kenta watched her for a beat, then started to dance along with her, joining his voice for hers. You and me, infinity, riding the joy together. Let me in. Yeah. Gabrielle walked over to the player and turned the music way down. She looked at him, agape. What? he asked. Your voice. What about it? It sounded totally different just now. Oh, he said. Kanta, why do you sound so different? You sounded incredible just now. And I don't on the CD? No, she said. Not compared to what I just heard. He shrugged. We're a J-pop group. I sing as I need to sing for a pop group. They looked at each other a moment. There was a warning in Kenta's eyes. It told her that she was right, but that he wasn't willing to discuss it. She wanted to know why he was hiding his talent, and the silence grew as she debated whether to push. She opted to drop it for now. It's a great song, she said, hips moving to the catchy beat as she turned the volume back up. She sashayed over to him. He placed his hands on her hips, moving in close, pelvis to pelvis. They were both in a good mood, teasing, moving in for a kiss, then away, until Kenta laughed and pulled her in fully, mouth on hers, a happy greeting. Good to see you, he said. Good to see you too, she replied. They kissed again, Kenta aggressively pushing Gabrielle against the island as his hands slid up under her shirt. She grabbed his wrists and pushed him away, twisting out of his embrace. I thought I was in control here, he said. He picked up his glass as he leaned against the island. Gabrielle was back at the stove, lifting lids and stirring. I'm cooking. Do you want dinner to be burnt? Nope. He took a sip of wine. I'm just happy you called me. Me too. This is the first time you've asked to see me. He set his glass down and stood behind her at the stove. I know. Was it hard for you to call me? She didn't say anything. Wasn't sure what to say. Was it? His hands circled her waist and his teeth grazed her neck. A little, she said. Why? Because you two are usually making plans for me, and I fought with you both about wanting you to back off, so you did, and here I am, not wanting to be alone, after I insisted that I did. She put down the spoon and put her hands on his wrists, leaning into him. So, you're allowed to change your mind, and asking for company doesn't make you weak, and you know both Shun and I will drop whatever we're doing if you need us. No judgment. At all. Ever. I know, she said. That's why you like it when Shin and I make plans for you, but you feel you shouldn't like it because you're used to handling things yourself. So you pretend to argue and fight about it, but what you're really fighting against is being taken care of because that's new and you like it, but you don't want to like it because liking it is a betrayal of your independence. She didn't say anything. His reading of her was bang on. And maybe deep down you're scared of liking it because you think this will end because all relationships do. You worry Shun and I will somehow go away and then you're left off even worse than before because now you know what it's like to have people you can rely on. You have two of us. So if this ends, going back to taking care of yourself all the time will suck, especially as a foreigner in Japan. You'd be able to do it, of course, but it would suck. Gabrielle stopped paying attention to dinner. She reached for her glass and took a deep swallow. It was a bit scary sometimes how much they understood her. Yes, she said. 
I do like when you have control because your control is about making me come or making me happy or making sure I'm supported and not alone. And I don't have to think. You can surrender. You feel safe. Yes. But you need to make sure we know that you're choosing to. Yes. Living with Shen, seeing me, letting us support you. It isn't a betrayal of your independence and all the things you've accomplished on your own. Everything done has brought you here to us. That doesn't negate your past. It shows how strong you are, actually. That you're choosing to let us let both of us in and risk both of us hurting you. You know, I had a similar conversation with Shen. She turned to face him, back pressed against the island. Or the stove. No, she can't press against the stove. That's fucked up. I love that I have you both. I wonder how I got so lucky. And that does make me wonder if it can really last. That's what scares me, that this could all go away and I'll be a sniveling wreck again like I was when my last relationship ended. With the two of you, it doubles my pleasure and support, but it can also double the pain. He placed both hands on her face, very unkenta-like. It can last. I can't imagine my life without you. He kissed her gently. I promise I'll be here as long as you want me to be. He looked at her. I'm sure Shen told you basically the same thing, right? Yep, she said. I told him what I'm telling you. I can't imagine my life without either of you. She paused, debating over her next sentence. He was a bit upset after I told you I loved you. I think it took him a bit by surprise. We had a conversation about it. I told him that if he needed me to stop seeing you to feel secure, I would do that for a short period of time. Kenta blinked. Can't say that I like that, but I understand it. It's a weird thing, she said. Three people trying to make sure everyone is happy and getting their needs met. I guarantee at some point, one of us is going to fuck it up. We all have to understand when that happens, well, it won't be easy. Three people sorting all that out together is different than two. Yes, it is. But you would have struggled to not see me, he said. You'd miss me roughing you up and giving you orders. She grinned. We all have our crosses to bear. I think I could have survived without you for a short time. His mouth found hers again, back to his normal aggressor self. You're a liar. Maybe, she said, pushing him away and turning back to dinner. But either way, it didn't come to that, and I'm glad. And Shun is good, too. Good, he said. I gotta say, though, I'm glad you live with him and not me. This kitchen is a disaster, and I think something's burning. She yanked on an oven mitt and moved the smoking chicken off the heat. It wouldn't be burning if you hadn't distracted me. Uh Uh-huh. My fault. With greater control comes greater responsibility. She smirked at him as she dumped the chicken into the garbage. I think there's more chicken. I'll just start over. He opened the fridge, pulling out a fresh package of chicken. I'll do the chicken. You finish murdering the vegetables. Murdering? Yeah, what is that? A new style of slicing where nothing is the same size? Shut up and worry about your chicken. Did you just tell me to shut up? Yeah, I did. He shot her a look out of the corner of his eye. You'll pay for that light later. Is that a threat or a promise? Both, Gabrielle. Both. And, oh, I'm debating whether I should stop. There, you guys. That's a super short chapter. Ugh. Uh, but the next one's really long. So, oh, and the next one's much more sexy sex. So... Make sure you tune in next week to hear more about Gabrielle Shun and Kenta's shenanigans. And again, 
if you like this podcast, please like rate review. Actually, even if you don't like this podcast, if you hate this podcast, I'll take any review. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week on Steamy Stories. Thanks for listening.